We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, coming at you from Blue Wire Studios here in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. It is fight week out here in Vegas. We've been waiting for this one for a while now. It is here. Ryan Garcia versus Javante Tank Davis. Catchweight fight going down this weekend. Dre, we we circled this on the calendar. We looked up the Dre's party lineup. They got a little baby. Yeah, it's big. It's not. It's, it's not, not bad. They're not no, playing. It's not, it's not bad. So it ain't fabulous. No, it's not fabulous. It's not French Montana. Not French. It's little baby. Yeah, it's it, they have Big Sean a couple for the Charlo fight. That's rough. <laughs> like, and I, I like Big Sean, but not in the year 2023. Do you yeah, headline Big Sean? He's on not in the middle weekend. of an album run or nothing. Nah, you know, it's, like it's the ugly. only thing he's got going is his guest appearance on Larry June's album. That's tough. That's tough. Little even, babies. Even Haney and Loma has EDC. Yeah. Oh, you know who's going to be out here having the time of his life? Who? Alexander Usyk. Oh my God! Can you see Alexander Usyk at EDC? Oh, what? I just saw him post a video today in the gym dancing to just crazy Euro house. I looked at EDC's lineup this year and I was like, hmm. But there's only a few acts that I like to see, like SD Lewis. Like there's certain acts I like to see at EDC. None of them are there that I'm Dylan Francis. Dylan Francis is fine. I've seen him before. Yeah. I mean, he's always playing. I'm always like, I think the one year, the one year that I went, Disclosure was there. Black Coffee was there. Stevie Oki was there, of course. Who was I? I saw uh, mine was main evented by Swedish House Mafia. Oh, God. That shit was crazy. Yeah. So those of you listening, just listen to hip hop. Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, these EDM sets, that's that's the funniest part. Like, I take my wife to life. It's beautiful every year out here. And uh, I'm not going this year because that lineup is ugh. not great. Ugh. But when we go, like, we end up at the ED. EDM stage, because it's always popping at the EDM stage. Yeah. Always good DJ sets. Everything's going crazy. So that, Usyk's going to be right out here be like, yo, the Loma fight just finished. Where's Usyk? He's going to be oh, yeah, well, all, all the titles. Going to be gigging. At he's, the speedway. Going to get it in. <laughs> Chilling. So, yeah, that's 
that's a week in itself. I don't know who's at Dre's, but it doesn't matter. It's EDM everywhere. Yeah. It's a perfect Lomo week. Yeah. Haney's battling. Haney, not it. so much. You're fighting a bill. <laughs> yeah. You better You're go find you a rapper. No, nah, this week, you don't have to look too far to find it. It's already has that big fight feel everywhere else. Now it's trickling into Vegas. We actually just got done with the grand arrivals at the MGM Grand. And the crowd wasn't Canelo-level crowd. No, they don't love him that much. No, but there is some urban loitering already. Yeah, talk about your man that you saw today. <laughs> so I'm out there, you next to me, trying to do my job, social media-wise, trying to get them going through valet, getting out the car, going inside the hotel. This is how grand arrivals work for anyone who hasn't been there. They walk there, they walk inside, past the lion, and then onto a stage. They give a few quotes. That is the event. So I'm trying to get them out of the car because that's like a big part of Grand Arrivals. And there's this dude <clears throat> chilling, selfie style, Instagram live in, in like a matching basketball outfit. <laughs> I'm like, yo, Unk, can you give me some room? And he's like, yo, we out here. Look at me. I, this is Ryan Garcia tank fight week. Yo, taking like selfie style videos. I'm like, my man, you got three viewers. On IG Live right now. Get out of the way. I'm getting paid to do this. And I just turn to you and I'm like, I hate boxing. <laughs> like, like, it's one of those things. And there's a rope. There's a clear rope to where you're supposed to be to shoot behind. He goes out. He's on the street yeah. of the valet. It's like, you going to get in the car? That's, he was like, I'm going to get in Ryan's car. You want to roll with Ryan? Oh, my God. But that's not the only guy that we saw. No. We saw a photographer, man. <laughs> There's a random dude, nice-ass camera, looking like he about to shoot the Grand Arrivals. Like, All right, cool. I look over. I look up. Blood in his mouth. Just dangling. Full pre-roll, just right in his mouth, just dang off the lip. Yeah. Like, like a real OG. Real, real unk shit. But he yeah. was a younger cat. And he just... yep. Like Shannon Sharp, though. And yeah. He has the black, and he could still talk with it. Yeah. He was like that. He had the full pre-roll in the lip. Just That's wild. I was like... Okay, I, granted, just because you have a professional camera does not mean you are there in a the media capacity. No, not at all. But if he was, I was like, this is some whole other shit. <laughs> Could you imagine just like the NBA finals yeah. and a dude just like, uh, excuse me, excuse me, Steph, and he just got the, got the, the blunt, blunt, yeah, blunt hanging? <laughs> Hold on, let me fire this up right quick. <laughs> fire yeah. up the backwood. <laughs> it was like that. It's, it's Tuesday. As we're recording, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Like it's the beginning of fight week, and they, like there was a dude that was in front of me that spoke Spanish that kept asking the the the, the security guy. He was like, "Does Javante speak Spanish?" Dude's like, "No." He's like, "I want to talk to him in Spanish." No. Like, and then Javante got out. Well, first of all, Javante pulls up and sits in the car for like another twenty minutes, <laughs> yes. and everybody's just looking at him. And then he gets out and he runs in, and my man's like, "Javante, qué pasó?" It's like Nothing. one word. One word is Spanish. One word. What the fuck did you want him to say? Hola? <laughs> he was very mad that Ryan Garcia doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah, he was pissed. So he was just like, I want Gervonta to speak Spanish so like my Mexican fan base could get behind him. He said, I was like, that's all it's going to take. It's, it's interesting. And then some dude in the back was talking about catching bodies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about, bro? Oh it's my Tuesday. God. Relax. <sighs> take me back to WrestleMania. Boxing media. And it's funny because some other people, when you have like a beat in a different sport, you really just get immersed in that bubble yeah. and that culture of that sport. Not here. Combat sports, we get to see the difference between all combat sports. 
UFC in particular. They love black people, obviously, according to your mentions. Oh, do they? <laughs> we, please don't get this. My, I, yo, I had to mute that tweet. He was so mad at me for that. Because, I mean, for those of you who saw it, Dana White says he doesn't do woke shit. And, yeah. he, what, and I was like, what does that mean? I was like, you know, just say black, right? They don't know what it means, but it's provocative. Yeah, and I didn't, and I didn't like, I tweeted real quick because I was like, just because what I wanted to tweet was just say black, brown, um, anything that's against an ism, racism, yeah. uh, or a phobia, that's what you don't do. You just do single white male shit, right? And I tweeted that, and then so many people were like, the UFC, one dude was like, the UFC is the least racist organization out there. I was like, what are you talking about? They have five black champions. Slave owners own slaves. It doesn't make them less racist. Now, I'm not saying you see flat fighters are slaves. What I'm just saying is that doesn't make you less racist. Between that and Adesanya talking about Andrew Tate and oh. the, the emasculation of men while he's wearing nail polish. I, I was just giving him kudos for the French tip nail polish. Right, Those look so dope, but he comes out pink hair, nail polish. He wore a choker all fight week. Like, And my man said, oh, they're out here emasculating men. You? you? Yeah, like. And I just watched you knock out Alex Perez. What are you talking about? They act, they act like, they act like, and this is the, like way off the beaten path, but they act like the gay people didn't exist before just now. Gay people have been whooping ass for years. Yep. In rings, octagons, in wars, shooting people. There's, I mean, shit, you think Omar in The Wire was just made up? Like, something, there was like, oh, what if he was gay? They were made up for real people. Yeah. <laughs> and now y'all talking about the world's being emasculated because they're letting all this shit fly. And then some dude was in my mention was like, yeah, I'm tired of seeing gay sex on my television. It's they're trying to push an agenda. I was like, this every. But I was like, yo, did you turn gay? <laughs> like, I've never seen anybody was like, you know what? That I want to try that. I've never seen that happen before. Not out the blue. But but here we go with Adesanya and Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson talking about the emasculate of the males, and then Dana White saying we don't do woke shit. UFC is like a putrid organization at. And it's unfortunate because we know people that work there that yeah. happen to be black. Yeah. They, <laughs> they had an entire LGBTQ campaign like a year ago. They don't put any effort in it. I got the things. shirt. Yeah, but they, it's like they put no effort into it. Like, no. Like somebody told I'm Like you don't do woke shit. You just did. Like I had to sit through a fucking Michael Chandler Black History Month package. But see, that's what I'm talking about. This, what, <laughs> what, Dana, what Dana is basically saying is that if there's anything that has to do with like Black Lives Matter, or if there's anything that has to do with whatever the fuck Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida, we ain't going to address it. Yeah. That's what he's saying. We're not going to do any of that. So like the kid who just got shot, right, but showing up to the wrong house, the, the UFC is not going to say anything. UFC was the only sports organization that said nothing about George Floyd or Breonna Taylor. They said nothing. So when I say that, I was like, just say you're not going to address like minorities. Like cut it out with a coded language shit. Because if you ask them what woke means, they're just like, I don't know. But he'll address Trump's re-election. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you're on one side of the street. that's like woke-ish? Is that not woke-ish? Like, every, that's an agenda. So, yeah, everybody's been to my, my mention saying how, how the UFC is the least racist organization. And then, you know, our good friend Mike Jackson has been calling everybody Nazis. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. Like, I was like, I got to mute this. This is out of control. <laughs> he's, calling, he's calling everybody Nazis. Oh, my God. So, the, the UFC, yeah. They, they, apparently, they love black people. And I didn't know, but... Meanwhile, we have boxing, who's very heavily minority-based. And- yeah, I mean, listen, everybody was out. It's, it's officially summertime in Vegas, it feels like. It's summertime in the spring, because everybody was outside today. It's just and getting started. Just getting started on a Tuesday. I can't imagine 
weigh-ins on Friday. Mm. And then, thankfully, they're starting to fight early on Saturday. Five o'clock Pacific. Tank got to get to the club. Yeah, I guess so. We got to go see Lil I wonder if he's going to see Lil Baby. Of course gonna, he's going to see Lil Baby. I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out. Lil Baby might be walking him out. That's very possible. And then go to the club afterwards. Yeah. Double dip on the check. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at it. So here's a fun fact. So I'm talking to Calvin Ford this week. Me and Calvin playing phone tag like all week. And little known fact about Calvin Ford. Anybody who's seen The Wire, Cuddy is based off of Calvin Ford. Is he? Yep. Oh, shit. The character Cuddy is based off of Calvin Ford in real life. When uh, uh, Domingo, sent, uh, Domingo, the guy who plays Cuddy, was with Calvin during the filming of The Wire to learn his nuances to become Cuddy, because it's loosely based off it, who was with Calvin Ford, Javante Davis, as like a seven-year-old. So when they say that art imitates life or your life is a Hollywood story, Calvin Ford is working the other way. Like, his, his story was already in there, and now he's seeing the fruits of his labor. So me and Calvin are having a conversation tomorrow about his life, because I was like, I had interviewed David Simon years ago about all the characters on The Wire and who they came from. And he mentioned the Cuddy character came from this kid, from this dude that was locked up for 10 years in Baltimore, training kids. I started to talk about, I was doing my research on Calvin. I was like, wait a second. And I went back to my interview and I went and read something else. And then he mentioned Domingo and I was like, Coleman Domingo. And he, he mentioned he was doing research with him. I was like, oh my God, Cuddy is Calvin Ford. So that's crazy to me. That's some shit. <laughs> no, like a lot of people don't know that. And by the time you hear it, it'll be out there. And uh, yeah, I'm interviewing him tomorrow and we're talking about his life. But this is, that's the beauty of like boxing. Boxing has like really, really crazy stories. And like, as we go into this fight week, because this is Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis is like, I've mentioned it a million times. It's a clash of styles, a clash of cultures, a clash of generations. It's everything. But furthermore, like, Calvin Ford, like, when I look at Calvin Ford, and I think we talked about this with his press conference, I was like, that man was, like, the, the winner at the press conference. He was the most happy guy out there. Oh, yeah. And because he made it. Like, they made it. Kids from Baltimore ain't supposed to make it. As much as we've talked about Tank Davis and the things he's done outside of the ring, everything that he's gotten through to get to this point, like, three, fight, three of Calvin's fighters were murdered, and they were all around Tank. Not, like, friends with him, but they were older, and they all died. And Calvin... Train these kids, and they all got shot and killed. They got stuck in the life. Javante's made it. Whatever mess-ups he's had, it could have been worse. Oh, you know what I'm saying? 100%. So the fact that he's actually getting to walk to the ring in the biggest fight of 2023 against Ryan Garcia with millions of dollars on the line when he could be dead somewhere, like that's, you made it. And you can see it in Calvin. Like, we made it. We, we ain't supposed to be here. When people say, I ain't supposed to be here, and as we talk about the fight itself, like, Ryan talks, I, for the record, I'm still picking Ryan to win today. It's, it might change by the next show. but You fought this every, it's, every it's hard few weeks it, or so. I, we'll break down the fight in a minute, but I'm picking Ryan today. But my problem with Ryan is he talks about all the stuff that he's been through. And I'm not saying Ryan hasn't been through everything, but Gervonta's been through a lot. Yeah. So when, it's funny. His right-hand man got killed like two like, or he died two years ago. Yeah, it's like for when Javante listens to I just wonder what Javante thinks when he's listening to Ryan. Like, serious? Cause it, 
nobody really wants to compare hardships in life because everybody yeah. deals with them differently. But when Ryan's like, there's no way, and I sacrificed everything for this, and Javante's like, really? <laughs> like, it's different for Javante. It, it's different. Like, there's different levels of this. But skills pay the bills. We'll see who wins. We'll break down the fight. But this fight is just is one of the most fascinating fights to me because we don't know shit about either of them really dealing with adversity. We don't know shit about shit. We've seen Ryan get knocked down once. Yeah. Fell asleep, and people were like, yo, if Tank hits him with that, he ain't getting up, which is a fair point. It's fair. But, I mean, the man fell asleep at the wheel, got back up, still knocked out a really good opponent. An Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> like, we were just ignoring that fact. Like, Vasily Lomachenko couldn't stop Lou Campbell. No. And Ryan body shot. Death. Yep. Uh, they have a common opponent. Tank stopped him in nine. Ryan stopped him in one. So we don't really know who's better. We know nothing. Ryan looked pretty good in his last fight. Yeah. Tank looked great in his last two. Yeah. And it's just Tank fights a lot of smaller people. He went up for Barrios, but I mean, Barrios has lost again since. And it was like, okay, that, that seemed like a, a good tailor made opponent at 140. And then Roley's never been like that great to me. No, Roley's not good. Yeah. So it's, well, we'll see. He might be a champion at 140 um, come May. But yeah, it, it looks like one of those things where it's like, I. I don't know how good Gervonta is. I think he's really good. Yeah, the eye test, he passes. But he hasn't faced, like, true adversity. No. And I, I don't know what that, like, the Barrios fight, he fought a six-foot fighter at 140 pounds, who right after that went up to 147. Because you knew Barrios was killing himself to make weight. But other than that, Leo Santa Cruz was super featherweight. Like, yep. you're fighting small guys. Small guys that, like, you look at Gervonta's uppercut, right? He does it against people who are relatively the same size as him. Yep. Ryan's got five inches on him. Unless Ryan, who never crouches down, Ryan never ducks his head. Straight up and down. So how is Javante going to hit him with this uppercut? So it's like, and we've never seen Javante hit by anybody that's remotely close to Ryan Garcia's power. And I know it's fun. I love listening to fighters talk to each other because Tank keeps going, that left hook is all you got. That's true. Oh, he all he really needs because <laughs> Deontay Wilder only has a right hand. Right, like you could say that all you want until you get hit with it. Javante's never dealt with speed like this. Javante's got to find his way inside. And what Ryan does especially as well is like if you come in, that check left hook is nasty. He doesn't, neither of them jab. They don't jab at all. I think Ryan averages 1.7 jabs landed per round and tanks like 1.3. They're all power punches. So how are you going to get inside? It, it, this is so. This is fascinating on a number of levels. It could end in the first round. It can go the distance. There could be multiple knockdowns. There could be one punch knockout. I, I have no fucking clue what this fight. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If it's a one-punch knockout, I'm, I'm giving that to Tank. I Just because, it. like... I, I can easily see a moment where Ryan's just sprawled out on the canvas. Yeah, I mean, but that's tanks. That's what he does. Yeah, but he's got he's got to reach. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like Tyson looked unstoppable at a point as well, you know. And then he wasn't. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, all you gotta do is not be scared of Mike. Yeah. That was like the blueprint. <laughs> Everybody was like, yo, how do you beat Mike Tyson? And Buster Douglas was like, just don't be scared of him. Yep. Right. And Evander Holyfield was like, just don't be scared with him. Like, if you let him come forward, you're done. Yep. And people could bear Javante to Mike. It's a similar style. Mm-hmm. Like, Javante is very Mike with custom auto. <laughs> the yes. head movement, the, the how he finds his way inside, the, the quickness. Javante is very much on that level with Mike Tyson. I mean, obviously, Mike, when he got rid of custom, he had people fucking filling up latex gloves to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to as an end swell. They got ridiculous. But... Javante has those same things, but the problem with Javante, it's not even a problem, is that nobody's ever tried to push him back. No. And nobody's ever really hurt him. He got touched by Leo Santa Cruz. He yep. wasn't bothered. Leo's not a big puncher. Hector Luis Garcia touched him a bit. He wasn't bothered. It wasn't, nobody, none of those fighters were sitting on their punches. Ryan's going to sit on that left hook. Yep. And he's going to wait for, for Tank to come in with it. Now, I'm, a, I'm very interested in how, what else has Ryan worked on in this camp? And what else has Tank worked on? We've heard Tank continue to say on all access and everything else is, I got to work on my defense. And he's made it a point. Okay. What is Ryan working on? Because, yeah, he knows left. Everybody knows left hook is good. Can yep. you stop it? But what else is he working on? I'd like to see Ryan throw an uppercut. Sure. I'd like to just see him keep his right hand up. Yeah. Well, he's got a nasty habit of that. Yeah, just, just He keep fires that, that left hook and he drops his right just a little bit. Why it works is because if you're fighting, it's an orthodox versus southpaw fight too, which is they're going to step on each other's toes. It could get messy. But you, you fight somebody like Tank who's fast as shit, you can't drop that right hand because if for some reason your timing is off on that, that, that check hook and Tank gets around it, you're going to wake up and you're going to look around and be like, oh, what round is it? And be like, yep. bro, you're in the hospital. Fight's over. I don't know, man. It's a good-ass fight. Yeah, I do. I don't know. It, it's so different, right? Because I think Ryan's good. But how good? 
it's neither of these guys as good as they are in their box office and they're going to sell it's a huge fight arguably the biggest fight all year i don't watch them fight and look at them all the power all the quickness all that's great i don't see what i see when shakur fights no they're less complete than devin shakur and tfimo i i know what those guys have yep i have no clue what these two have in the grand scheme of i know they're really good yeah. Better than everyone else. But when you get to an elite level, I know when you're in a fight against a really elite fighter, I know exactly what Shakur can do. Like all the cute stuff, the the power now, the offense, all that stuff. That's great. He's growing into that. If he has to revert to what he does best, you ain't touching that man. Devin Haney. Yeah, you could touch him. He's been wobbled a little bit. Little Norris fight. When you do and he reverts to what he does best, good luck getting around that jab. It's just in your face, right in your nose, and you're lost for three rounds before he stops jabbing you to death. Can't figure out how to get around it. Can't figure it out. No one, no one's figured out how to step around that jab. Nope. If he just fires it constantly, it's annoying as shit. People think it's boring, but it keeps people off of him. He can recover. He can do whatever he wants. Nope. There's no answer for it yet. There's no answer for Shakur's defense. And to me, Teofimo Lopez, when he's at his best. He beat Lomachenko. There is no, there is zero, zero answer for his offensive angles and him cutting off the ring. Even when he was at his worst and very weird and he got dropped twice or what well, they counted once against Cambosis and everything. And he was gassed and obviously couldn't breathe. He had like all those problems, whatever. In the 10th, when they're like, you need this shit, he can always cut off the ring. He cut off the ring against a guy no one has been able to figure out his footwork ever in Lomachenko, and he pinned his ass, cut him off, and won round. No one cuts off the ring right now like Teofimo Lopez. And there's something about the step around, the close quarters, all this. He cuts off the ring better than anyone else, and he stalks you. I don't know what these two guys do. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know at a high level what you can do. Um, that's why Tiafimo Josh Taylor is extremely interesting because yeah. Josh Taylor will trade with people. Usually he kind of stalks other people, but we saw when someone pushes him back, he does get it. He can get dropped. Yeah, Shit gets very interesting. Tiafimo is very good at that. So when you look at this, I just, I, I don't know. I know their weapons are good. I know tank has a ton of power, but it's against little guys. I, I don't know. Gamboa went to 11. Yeah. On one foot. Yep. And Gamboa wasn't in that fight, like, overly defensive. No, he's never been defensive. No. He's dropped a lot. Yeah. And he just stood in there and was like, hey, little man, I'm going to eat these. And he did. Tank didn't knock him out flat. The ref stepped in. Yep. And he was compromised. Yep. And he was compromised. <clears throat> like, Tank really didn't cut off the ring. He did. The punches, that power is amazing. At 130, it was life-changing. At 135, it's still pretty damn good. It, the rehydration clause is huge. But even then, it's funny Ryan is still built like someone who's 140. Ryan could listen to that rehydration clause and be like, just fuck like, it. fuck it. I'll just pay it. I'll eat that money next yeah, day. Yeah, I'll eat it because I'm about to make it the other way. Like, the rehydration clause, I don't like it. I think it's trash. And, like, when Tank says I want to keep things fair, it's like, okay. I, mean, I don't even know how that works in this fight because usually it's 3 p.m. Right. For a main event that walks at like 10. Yeah, they, they'll have to do a, a super early, like noon. Yeah, so 
What the fuck's the point? Yeah, there's there's no point. So you wake up and I can't eat or hydrate until noon? Like, all right, cool. Like four hours. Like, yeah. let's get it. I'll just stay up all night and That's sleep it, it off. Just sleep it off. But back to your point about, like, we just thought about Javante. And then on the other side is Ryan. It's like, well, you got to drop by Luke Campbell. And I think I think it's over. People have overrated that knockdown because Luke was tall. Yep. Luke could reach Ryan and he caught him. I give more credit to Ryan getting up and then finishing that fight the way he did. I'm, that's not the fight I'm concerned with. It's the fighter. It's the fight's early in his career when he started to gas. Because he used to have a bad gas tank. And Javante's good at going to the body. Nobody really goes to the body with Ryan because that left hook's coming. Nobody really wants to engage with Ryan. Uh, Emmanuel Tago, he just he was not interested. Ran. Yeah, he was like, fuck this. I, I just need to stay on my feet. And then I'll say I won the fight. Right? Like, moral victory. But... The, the Luke Campbell fight didn't concern me. Like, Romero Duno, he got him out of there in, in a matter of seconds. Yep. Like, if anybody saw my Instagram post, like, I was with, that was when Schoolboy Q and Musa and J-Rock, <laughs> and Musa was like, yo, let's go to the bar before the Garcia fight. And I was like, cool. We went to the bar. Ooh, what happened? The fight's over. What? Uh, Romero Duno, at that point, was Ryan Garcia's toughest fight. Yep. And he mauled him. He destroyed him. So, Luke Campbell was his toughest fight. And he's a 2012 Olympic gold medalist who hadn't been stopped before and he knocked him out with a body shot. That tells me a lot. I'm not worried about the knockdown that Ryan took. I'm worried about how will he fare if Javante's pressuring him and then you got to spend a lot of energy to keep him off of you. And then we get, you know, Javante keeps telling him to take him in the deep waters. He's right because yep. we don't know what's going to happen. Ryan usually gets to fight his fight. By the time the eighth and ninth rounds come around, Ryan's usually doing what he wants to do. What happens if he's not? I would say I understand the concept of taking him into deep waters. But when you fight like Tank, I'm not sure how scary that is. Because Tank's not a volume fighter. Exactly. Like, so cool. You take him to the 10th, but you're only throwing eight, nine punches. <laughs> like, so, so what are we doing here? Like, you're, you're not pummeling him. It's not Dimitri Bivol versus Canelo. No. Where he took his ass deep yeah. and drowned it. Because Canelo was like, yo, I have no adjustment I'm trying to beat up his arms, but he's not slowing down. He's a big-ass dude. Every time I come in, he's making me pay with volume. And you look up, and the punch stats are crazy stacked yep. for Dimitri. And he's like, yeah, well, they're going to give Canelo a few rounds somewhere. But you get to the 10th, 11th, 12th. Canelo, only thing he had to do with the way the cards worked out is when the 11th and 12th, he would have beat Dimitri. With yeah. how the judges saw it. Couldn't. Yet he needed two rounds. Drowned him completely. Gas Canelo. It's a difference. The volume was there. Tank doesn't have that volume. Tank has the lowest punch output of all championship caliber fighters. According to CompuBox, I did the math on this for the, or by the numbers people. He throws 31 punches around. 31. 31. Ryan's is low, but he still throws like 44 punches around. Even if you land 50%, don't land it 15 punches. Right. So it's like if you're taking me in the deep waters... What is this, a kiddie pool? <laughs> like, what are we at? I can still stand up. Yep. Ryan was like, that's fine. I can swim. Right. Like, yeah, it's not that hard. Javante, he's not a busy fighter. And if you fight like that, and especially in a fight like this, you could find yourself way behind on the scorecards early. And then what are you going to do? And not like Ryan jabs. But if he jabs to just steal rounds. That's all, I mean, I'm not saying that's all he has to do. But if he keeps Tank from coming inside, like there's a few ways this fight can go. And I, I just don't know any of them. Because like, <laughs> I looked at Hagler versus Hearns, and I was like, 
This fight could be like this. Yep. They both really want this knockout. They both think they're better than anybody. They've both never really been tested. I don't expect either of them to be hesitant. They could just go balls to the wall from the opening bell. But if Tank is hesitant for any reason, and for whatever reason can't find his way inside, he's in trouble. Yeah. He'll be down six, seven rounds. And he'll have to get that big shot. And if, if you can't set it up, what are you going to do? I would love to talk to someone like Kevin Ioli about the buildup to like Hagler. Because it's a completely 50-50 fight. And I wonder what people were saying like stylistically. Because this is one of those fights too. It's like there's Hagler and Hearns, granted, their resume is way better yeah. at this point in the time they fought. But it was also still like, well, how does he handle that length? Like what, what is Marvin Hagler yeah. going to do against that length with Hearns? And then, okay, but what, how does Hearns keep Hagler from getting inside? Like it was such a chess match because they were built so differently, but both had power, both had quick. I, I wonder what was said in the, in the buildup because it's, it's not like going against Sugar Ray. Like right. that's like fighting Shakur. You know what Sugar Ray was going to do to you. For those two, it's like they're, they're kind of built off the same things, but in very different packages. And that's what we have this weekend. And, and that, they're and built exactly the same, off the same principles, but the packages that it come in are extremely different. Like Hagler versus Hearns was, because Hearns was a pressure fight. I mean, Hagler was a pressure fight. Yep. Hearns would, would kill you from the outside if you allowed him to. And Hagler was like, you know what? I'm just going to take all that shit away. And then Tommy was like, well, I guess we're fighting. Yeah. And these two, I mean, it's one of the greatest three-round fights I've ever seen in my life. It is the greatest three-round fight I've ever greatest. seen. Greatest. <laughs> and they just were killing each other. And that's why I could see this fight going like that, because it's like, Javante knows, I got to get inside. I'm going to have to punch to get inside. And Ryan knows, he's going to come inside. Ryan's Tommy Hearns in this fight. Yep. And these two... It didn't could, work out great for her. No, it didn't work out great for her. <laughs> so it couldn't, it may not work out for Ryan, but I, I don't know. The other thing, this fight is what I, like called the everything and nothing fight is for everything is for nothing. The reason people like for nothing. Yeah. There's no belts on the line. It's not even in a weight class that exists. It's at a catch weight. Yep. And the reality is like the winner, all you really get is bragging rights. Like in a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of boxing, there are no titles. You're not really moving up anywhere. I was about to say, do you move up pound for pound list? Right. Like you could, like if you, if Javante were to murder Ryan Garcia, I could, there's Go to a 10. Yeah, nine. maybe you could get in at 10 and Charles will have a problem with all that. But <laughs> but maybe, but other than that, no titles, no real rankings. It's just it's a bragging rights fight. So it's for nothing. But it's for everything. Because the loser, they're in the back, they're not really in the back of the line. They're fighting at a young enough age. And this is crazy because I listen to people's like, this is both in their primes. Ryan's 24. He's not in his prime. His prime is far. Yeah, like far he, away. he Tank's got five years on Ryan, and they're both under 30. Like, if Ryan were to lose, so? Sugar Ray Leonard, when he lost to Roberto Duran, so? And look what happened after that. Ryan, can, both of them could afford to lose this fight, and they can come back better. So it's for everything in the sense that, yeah, the winner is like the cash cows, recognized the face of, of the future. There's so many things that are there, but they can afford to lose this fight, and that's the beauty of it. I think hot take alert. But it's not that hot. I think in the next three years, they both lose anyway. They could. I think with Shakur, Devin, it is very yeah. possible. But I love the fights happening right now is, is because if you lose, you have, you have time to rebuild your career. Both of them. I don't even think it takes really a 
pegged down. No, no, it's just like, all right, they lost, and people will be like, ah, ha, ha, on the means on Twitter or whatever, but the next fight, if, if Ryan were to lose in the next fight, he goes and knocks somebody out, people are like, all right, cool, he's back. Exactly. No, uh, so we're having a guest join us here in a second. Let's get your official prediction. Today? Today. All right. For the show. It could change everybody before Saturday night. My, my picks have changed. My pick has changed flip-flop every week. Today, I'm saying Ryan Garcia by eighth-round knockout. I, I said Javante by, like, sixth. I, 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 I don't know. But that's what I'm going to say today. So if this is what you listen to before the fight, that's what I got. Ryan Garcia, split decision. Ooh, victory. Distance. Ryan gets dropped by Tank. Early. Third round. Ryan still wins this. Do you think both bodies hit the floor in this fight? No. Hmm. I think I think Tank's defense is good enough. I think he can withstand it. But his punch output will do him in? His punch output will do him in. That's possible, I think, I think it's going to take Ryan a couple rounds to figure Tank out. And Tank will catch him early. Ryan will get caught slipping. But get up. Probably saved by the bell. Because Tank always tried to jump on people. Probably saved by the bell. Ryan will calm down. They'll make the adjustment. I could see Ryan winning round seven through 12. Straight sweep. Hmm. And if he takes too early, either it's a draw. But I, I think it's split decision. And even with the knockdown, I, I have him win a split. So t- someone will give Tank the fight. But I, I think Ryan wins split decision. Yeah. But Ryan touches the camera. Yeah. That- Isaac Cruz did not, right? What? Touch the canvas again. No. No, and Tank broke his broke hand. hand. That, he still had a different hand, but still. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like I said, like, if you're calling, if people are calling me to do your shows and are asking me who's going to win the fight, just don't listen to me. Because I don't, yeah. I'll be on three different shows with three different answers. And that is the beauty of this fight. I have no clue who's going to win, how. Like when Benavides fought Plant, I was like, Benavides is going to win this fight. There was no doubt in my mind Benavides was going to win. Caleb had, would have had to fight the perfect fight, but he was going to run out of gas. This, I have nothing to base anything off of. I'm just going to go and have fun, and that crowd is going to be ridiculous. Crazy. So I can't wait to see how it all plays out. True 50-50 fight. You guys don't want to go anywhere. We have a guest right after this break. It's going to be fun. Be right back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. All right, everybody, as you can see, we took that little break 
Our setup is different because we are here. Man, the myth, the legend, Leonard Ellerby in studio. Blue Iron Studios right here in Las Vegas in the Wynn Resorts. Fresh from the MGM. I, I just saw you. We had grand arrivals. You up there doing your thing. You're everywhere for this fight. We've been talking already on the show. You've been around some of the biggest fights in the sport. You've been around the biggest fight, pay-per-view-wise, in the sport. And probably, like, number one, two, two four, five, <laughs> yeah. eight. Top so, six yeah. out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot there. How Right now, for you, how is this fight and this fight week measuring up to some of those events, figuring it's really tanks first on this grand stage where this is the crossover event for both Ryan and Tank how do you feel about the fight buildup, the fight week? How does it compare to some of the early Mayweather ones that you were involved in where you're like, man, yeah, this this is it. This feels like it's one of the biggest, not just now, but it's going to be one of the biggest ever when it's all said and done. It feels great. And um, this has a Mayweather-ish kind of feel to it, not comparing, you know, the fighters or anything, but just talk about the level of the event. Um, and it started with, you know, when we first put the tickets on sale, um, first two hours, everything's gone. And then, you know, we started out and we were in the top 10 biggest live gates ever in the history of the sport. And I think everyone's going to be surprised where we end up come Saturday night. We're gonna, it's going be be- to be bigger than what people think. Look, before we talk boxing. Man, the Ronald Isaac look is suits you well, brother. <laughs> I was big. Look, I, I, the day when I think it was a tank pressure and I saw you and I was like, is that Ronald Isaac? I was like, God, Leonard, I've known you for years and you've always been sharp, but brother, you look fantastic. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. You know, sometimes you got to switch it up and I, I feel really good about the new look. Got a lot of, a lot of great support, you know, and it's, it's a good feeling to... You know, switch things up. You know, I'm I'm not a youngster anymore, and you know, so everything <laughs> life is great. <laughs> I, had, I had to start with that because I've been waiting. Like when the moment Kel was like, "Oh, we got Leonard in this," I was like, "I can't wait to talk about it." I love it. Embrace. You know, I'm getting my grades in the right. Well. Yeah, I've known you before. Both of us had grades, right, so it's right. like to see you know growing up and getting big. All Thank right. you. I appreciate that. So here's where I want to start because this fight is a generational clash. It's a cultural clash. There, there is so much going on in this fight, but the way that you guys have built Javante Davis was, we spotted it a while ago. You guys took him to every region. That was the perfect region where the culture identifies with Tank. You peeped it. I saw it from the beginning. Now, other fighters can't really do that. What is it about Tank that allows him to connect with people? Because before people even saw him fight, they, they heard about him. Or they heard Floyd talk about it. They heard somebody else talk about it. So when he came to the city, he would sell out. Fighters ain't built like that. Even the best fighters in the sport aren't able to draw like that. How did you figure out this plan and what exactly to do to make sure he touched the right markets before we got to this moment? Well, um, it's, it's a great point that you mentioned. We, we have an advantage over every other promoter because we've done the biggest things in the history of the sport, but we also have our pulse where we we understand what the marketplace looks like. And in Tank's case, he's gravitated towards the culture. You know, he's come from the inner city of Baltimore, and and so he he's come from that different kind of environment, and we put him in situations where 
he's felt comfortable and that people understood the struggles that he's went through and like the places that we've taken him to. Honestly, when people talk about, oh, well, he ain't for this guy, his fan base, they don't care nothing about that. They, they don't care nothing about that. And if you ask them, well, how many titles have Tank won or is this a championship fight? They're like, I don't know. I'm going to put on a fly fit and we're going to go. <laughs> you know, you know, Tank is in town and we're going to, like, it's going to be a big event. Yep. And, and, you know, and so we understand what it's all about to how to build a, a, a young fighter to be, hopefully, to become a star. And he's met everything that we have put out in front of him. And, you know, it's been a wonderful thing thus far. And happy to see him at this point fighting in a, Main event, pay-per-view fight in Las Vegas in the biggest fight in boxing today. To piggyback on that, so you, you took Tank around, but now this is a fight where everyone comes to you. Everyone's coming to Vegas. The culture is coming here to watch Tank. You don't got to bring him to the culture no more. You did that with Floyd. Floyd left top rank and then started building the culture around Floyd to the point every time you fought here in Vegas, every club had the biggest <laughs> rapper Every party was centered around Floyd. The <laughs> culture came here. Why can't other people do what y'all do? Because now it's two. It's not a fluke. It ain't just Floyd. Y'all did it again. Thank why, you. Why can't they figure <laughs> this out? Thank you. Thank you for, for recognizing <laughs> that. Thank yeah. you for recognizing you that. Because, it. like, for me personally, I know what I put into it. I know what Floyd has put into it. And it's finally, it's, it's a good thing that people like yourself and, and Andres, Recognize that because nobody else is doing that and can't do that because again we've we've been very passionate about like understanding what building is about and 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 giving the fans what they want to to see some of the other promoters they're still operating in those old times you know and you can't you can't market a black fighter in a hispanic community. You just can't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't say. They don't try to take Canelo out of his community. Yeah, though. Exactly. They don't try to take if the fighter's Irish, they put them on, you know, St. Patrick's Day. They they market them in the UK. They don't try to do that to any other type of fighter except black fighters. They market everyone else to their community except ours. Is it because, and again, you your structure is very different over there. Y'all are black men in charge of your company. You guys are in the culture in charge of that. Other companies are not built that way. There, there's not a lot of people who look like us at the top of these companies that can tell them, like, yo, this, this ain't it. Is it as simple as we need more of us in those rooms, around those tables? Because they have no problem every – listen, I'm going to New York in June to cover Puerto Rican Day Parade Week, and Xander's on that card. Like, they understand where to put Puerto Rican fighters for them to sell. They're all at MSG for years. Kodo, like Tito, you you name it. MSG, they understand where to put Puerto Rican fighters, where to put Mexican fighters, where to put UK fighters. And the, Anthony Joshua is huge. All this. the Black American fighter, it seems like you guys get it, and then that's it. That's it. That's it. And and the Black American fighters have all always been at the top of the of <laughs> of the game. Yeah, you know, it's just having being in the right situation. And having a promoter who understands what that's all about, you know, and, and again, you know, I give Al credit too, because again, he, he having a, a music background and having relationships and, 
and and me coming from the environment that I come from in Floyd. And so you put all those ingredients together. And and again, you're not going to have everybody, every young fighter you sign is going to turn out to be a star. But when you look in, in, in the sport today, you say, who are the top stars? You look back in the last 25 years, name the two, and, and you got to say Floyd and Tank. You got to say that, you know, not overlooking Canelo and all that, but no other promoter has that, you know, because what we've been able to do is that we go out in the marketplace, we go in, in these cities and do different things and build relationships and understand what the people want, you, you know, and unfortunately for the other promoters, they can't go in these cities and do any of these things, you know, I can take it back to to when me and Floyd first started out in the mid-90s, you know, we used to do, check this out, we used to drive from Las Vegas to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you that, know, airplanes were. Listen, <laughs> passing out flyers. Passing out flyers. That's how we, in that, you talk about grassroots, you know, and we would stop in cities along the way, you know, and, and that's, we build relationships and it's like, we went out and touched the people. Yeah. You, you know, they would see Floyd fight on ESPN and, you know, three days later, you know, like, oh, he's at a club, a nightclub and, you know, and everybody's shaking his hand. And so slowly but surely you're building fans along the way. And it was always a method to the madness. And again, you know, I, I it goes back to building Floyd. And we understood is that, yo, it starts with your people, with your own people. You know, Bob made a mistake in and he's been open about it, you know, um, in these recent years of saying that, hey, that's the one thing that I regret that got away from me because I didn't listen to those guys. They they understood what hip-hop was evolving at that time, and it was a billion-dollar industry that was untapped at that particular time. And we we jumped right in, and we was like, yo, this is like, black people spend money too. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Um, and you just got to, you know, be able to understand that how entertainment intertwines with with sporting events and building relationships. And, you know, it, it's like I go back to Mayweather McGregor. That's when Cardi B came out? Yes. 17? Yeah, yeah y'all did the weigh-in. With Cardi? Yeah, yeah, with Cardi. She just came out with Kodak, with Kodak Black? Yep. Yep. And it was like, we got her, like. For some tickets and you you know what I mean? It was like putting her on a platform and yep. and then that next year you, you couldn't get her for two fifty. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But we had two chains and her and because yep. we got relationships. Y'all built them. Yeah, and 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 so it was like you come to a Floyd fight, it's an event. Yep. An, an event. So people come out to Vegas, they put on their fly gear. Oh, yeah. The men and the women from all the fly cities, all the pimps and this and that <laughs> and the business people and the celebrities. And they come to Vegas, and it's like Floyd's fighting this guy. And it's an event. And Floyd's doing his job, and we're doing our job. And then, you you know, you're able to build from that. And it's no different with Tank. And what a lot of people don't understand, it's a process to this. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And it takes somebody who's committed, who's passionate, and who's going to stay the course with all of this, and really who understands what, this, what the marketplaces are, are like. We can't go and market... Tank in Nebraska. You, you, you know what no. I mean? It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let me ask you this, because you've with because we had Tyson, 
who identified like that was like the the genesis of truly identifying with hip hop culture. And I was a kid when Tyson fought, living in Vegas, and those were events. Yes, they were. Like, those were events. Then you had Oscar. Those weren't events for us, but no. we knew they were big fights. But then yes. Floyd came around. These things became events. I always say this. When Floyd fought Manny, I asked anybody, what title did they fight for? <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> like, nobody cared. Everybody just came out. This is a non-title fight. <laughs> I was doing some research on the biggest non-title fights of all time. Floyd is like three of the top five. <laughs> Conor McGregor being number one. Yes. <laughs> I think the uh, Marquez fight is like number four. Yes. Yeah. Um, and was Mosley for a title? Mosley. Trying to, I can't remember. Mo- Might have been. Because I know Victor Ortiz was for the WBO. I can't remember. Mosley. No, it wasn't. What, Ortiz was, it was for the, was it BC? It might have been BC. With it was Ortiz. BC. Yeah. But I think Shane, I don't think Shane's was for a title. That's crazy. Yeah. I thought, for some reason, I think I thought all of those were for, but, for but, titles, but, but people don't remember. This is this is my point. Boxing is is people talk about titles and world championship fights. You look at the UFC and Dana White. We got to put a title fight. No, you don't. You got to put a a person that people believe in. I invest in people, not titles. Mosley and Marquez both non-title. There we go. Yeah. Mosley, Marquez, McGregor, three non-title yeah. fights. Tank has a chance to crack the top five. Pay-per-views all time and gates for a non-title fight. What does that say about the and how special? Say, it is? Repeat that again. Tank and Ryan Garcia, if they do over a million, they will. I believe they enter the top five biggest pay-per-view fights of all time that are non-title. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this fight. It just goes to show you the, the the magnitude of what we're talking about. Again, it's like when you give the people what they want, they'll come out and they'll come out and support. They don't. Again, it's it's like, and, and I'm not never going to say titles don't matter because they do matter. They do. They, they yeah. do matter. But in certain instances, they don't. People don't care. They're going to spend their hard-earned money on whatever they want to. And as the diehard boxing fans, they, they, they get frustrated. And it's like, oh, well, this, okay, you say whatever you want to. If it makes dollars, it makes sense. And it's like, I'd rather be in a situation that, you know, these guys fighting eight figures and, and life-changing money than doing something else. And I respect every fighter that's out there, but we're going to do what we're going to do. And we're going to always do what's best for the fighter and to elevate their career because it's a method to what we're talking about. All right. I have one question to follow up on that, and then I'll ask you my other question. But to follow up on that one, when do you know it's right? Because you, you seem to, and I see a lot of interviews when you're like, listen, the fight will happen when it's right. And so many people don't understand what that means. Everyone's hyped now. Everyone's like, yeah, like we're finally getting this fight. People say they wanted it for like three years. It's like three years ago, Ryan Garcia was 21. Three, three years ago, like Tank, Tank was 25. Like what, what are we doing? They're fighting now at 29 and 24, and it's a huge event. You guys, it seemed like from then, understood when it was time to give people this test. People say whatever they want about Floyd's resume and all this stuff. It seemed like every two years, two and a half years, he stepped up that challenge. Oh, he's going to fight the person you think he can't beat every two years. And then you won't remember like, oh, well, he fought this person in between because there's people he shouldn't corralis. You ain't think Floyd was going to be him? That was a murder at that time. Like, I'll never forget running that. Running through people. But Floyd, <laughs> and like every two years, it was like, oh, 
I, people gave Chop Chop a good, like, you know, thing, like, yo, he's going to test Floyd. Zab, all these people. It's, Floyd took the test when it was time to take those tests. How do y'all know it's right? Because it, the dollars always make sense when y'all put it there. But some people were like, you waited too long or they want it earlier. How do you know when it is right? Have an experience. And, and experience is, is critical <clears throat> in every situation. You know, when you've been there and, and did that and you you understand, you know, what it looks like. And, and in Tank's case, it's like, you know, you hear the fans say that this fight is big. And, okay, what do you guys consider big? I mean, I know what big looks like. Mm. And big to some of the fans isn't big in this situation. You, you know what I mean? Because, because Tank has made eight figures in a fight. Yeah. Tank has made eight figures in a the fight. There's no other fighter, lightweights or, you know, whatever, other than the Canelos of the world that has done that. And there's no knock on any of these other guys because, you know, when I look at the guys, like, and I, I have a lot of respect for, like, what Bill and Devin is doing. He's the youngest, and they getting real money, you know, and they they built their career thus far to get these opportunities. But, again, it's like, in my opinion, that fight, it's only in my opinion, that's not ready yet because of just the revenue. You, you know what I mean? It has nothing to do, regardless of what any of these other people say, I know what it takes. I know what the pulse is of the fans, meaning the ones who are paying their hard-earned money. It looks like because guess what? It's like when we go do something, it's going to be what it's going to be, and it's going to be the bottom line. And there's no knock on anybody else because – all these guys are doing their thing, and I got none but the utmost respect for what they do. But what it comes down to, it's just the level of what you're doing things at, you know. And and so when you have the kind of experience, and we got the best team in boxing, you know, so we understand that, like, okay, everybody's not going to be a star. You know, you're going to get a handful of guys, and in Tank's case, Tank is special, and that's the difference. In the ring and outside the ring, he's been able to – to to capture the imagination of fans thus far, and it's going to get ready to get bigger and bigger because it's like when you're working with a, a team that has the kind of experience that we have, it's like you understand what, okay, now we did this, okay, what's the next big thing we can do that's going to shock the world, you know, and and take him to this next level. You know, we got some things in mind. It's like, and it's, it's levels of what, what it's all about, you know? One thing, and this is what I was going to ask you originally, there's one thing you've, in your career, is laden. You've had to do a lot. One thing you've never had to worry about, and that's your fighter who's special losing. Floyd never, people say what they want. You got to a point with Floyd. Everyone <laughs> got to a point with Floyd. You put him in against whoever you wanted. He wasn't going to lose. The last Eight years of Floyd's career, there's no 50-50 fights. Yeah. I mean, they tried to make it with they tried with Canelo. Can, they, yeah. The kid was 23. Yeah, like, they tried. Yeah, like Pacquiao. Let's be Pacquiao was amazing. Pacquiao's arguably a top 10, 15 fighter in his own right. I never thought that was a 50-50 fight. No, anybody, People who watch boxing. Everybody knew that. <laughs> and Floyd showed you it wasn't a 50-50 fight. They no. could have fought at any time. And and it would have went the same, if not worse. Because Floyd's power when he was at 130, 135-ish is a different level. So fighting at 147 might have been a gift. But 
it's one of those things. He didn't have 50-50 fights. Tank, on the other hand, people consider this a 50-50 fight. If he fought Devin, that's a 50-50 fight. On paper. Yeah. On paper. Oh, on paper. It, it, on paper. It, it, yep. <laughs> and and again, all, like these, all these fighters, not cutting you off, Kev, yeah. all these fighters in this generation, I think all these guys are very good, are very good. But in my opinion, I know what, it's, what it looks like. In a 12-round fight with eight, ain't nobody beating Tank Davis. I don't care what you say. Ain't, ain't none of these guys being, being Tank Davis in a 12-round fight with them eights on? Uh-uh. Nope. Nobody in this. Nope, because the, the— You look at Shakur. Great fighter. Amazing fighter. Great fighter. And I kind of throw that word great around, sometimes a little more than I should, but he he's— he, but from the from the eye test, yeah. from everything I know, he's good. People look at him and say, "Yo, he's as good as Floyd was." If not, no, better. no, 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 no. no uh, don't. And, and there's no knock on him. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because you can't say can't say that because Floyd just went down through it. He's like beat twenty six over twenty six world champions. Yeah, that's hard. To you, tell. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's like, like it's so, so, so early. We yeah, don't know and, if he's and, and we get don't know close. where he's going to be. He's yeah. a terrific fighter. They got a great team in the whole nine. But you got to give them time, like yeah. you, you know. So that's why I don't like to. Comp- I I hate when people compare this era to Floyd's era. It's like you can't do that. It's like let's live in this era yeah. and let everybody figure it out, yeah. and 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 you determine who the best by fighting each other. But again, I know what I know, and and from my experience level of what I've been through, doing the biggest things and understanding what it looks like in a twelve round fight. From a skill set and level, ain't no fighter out there beating Tank Davis in his weight class. None of them guys. So we haven't even seen the best of Tank then. Ain't even touched the surface because, again, you, you like, we talked, you talked about the, the Corrales fight. Yeah. Okay, where it was like, that was one of the first fights. Actually, Corrales was a favorite, was. a slight favorite. Yeah. That, I believe that's the last time Floyd yeah. was yeah, a, a slight yeah. favorite. And you saw what the outcome is like. But we always knew it's like, yo, we want that fight. Like, put him in there. They talk, but we going to show you, like, yo. Was Hat in a favorite against Floyd? No, 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 no. Nobody was a favorite. Like, Diego Corrales was the last, last person who was a favorite against Floyd. <laughs> I know Hat had mad hype going into that one. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's like this this generation of fighters, all these guys are very good. And I think that when the dust clears and they get to fighting each other and Tank's going to come out on top. And it has nothing to do with the business. It's just because he's the better fighter, in my opinion. Other fa- uh, people might feel differently, and they have their opinions, but that's my opinion, and I'm based it upon, you know, what I know, what it looks like, and and when it comes down for to, like, a 12-round fight with eight-ounce gloves on, oh, bro, All a little right. different. Before we go back and say, I want to I ask you this question because we talked about, like, marketing fighters, especially marketing black fighters in this country. It's kind of a weird thing, right? Like, a lot of... Black fighters have non-black promoters and they struggle with them. Is there a fighter that you look at and you was like, if I had him, <laughs> if I, I would know exactly. I, I, I want to give you the one that I have after you give me one. If you see anybody from that's right now or before that you was like, damn, if we had him, we could have made him a much bigger star. Even people I, retired. Yeah. yeah, just just anybody. But I got one in particular I want to get okay, you close. Anthony Joshua. Oh yeah, no doubt, no no doubt, like, no, no doubt. I want to, and, and I'm, I'm I'm gonna say this. How do I want to say? This? 
his promoter don't know what the fuck he's doing. And I'm, and I'm talking, and, and, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying that with all due respect, as far as the not the business part, the matchmaking. Mm. It's like, bro, you don't take Anthony Joshua and put him in no short notice fight with no Andrew Ruiz. Like, you don't do that when when you know what we know. Like, like. Yo, it's like yeah, it was. It was you don't you don't do that. You gotta like, push that one back, my man. Yeah, you, you, you know you know what I'm saying. It's like you don't do that. Like yo, it's like let the fans say whatever they want to say. You you put him in there with a regular guy and you move on because the guy fell out and you do something down the road. But just to prove a point, like oh, like sometimes it's like you got to do what's best for the fighter. You got to do what's best for the fighter. That you, was, you know what I mean. And 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 proving that oh, I'm a tough guy and. I, Yo, bro, at the end of the day, like, where you at now? Yeah, yeah you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and one mistake can F up somebody's career. You, you know what I mean? Because it's like the, the person is like one loss away from being, you know, but I, I but to, to say that now, it's like, I love the trainer that he has now, James, and, you know, but it's like when it comes down to, you got you to gotta have a promoter, because matchmaking is critical in the development of fighters. I, I can't say that because it's like, forget what, the, what, what people are saying. It's like, you know what it takes. And it's always about the timing. It's like, you just don't throw a fighter in a situation when it's like, oh, because they have certain strengths and this and that. You have to cover every base. Like, and one good thing about your people over the way at top rank, <laughs> you know, they do a good job of, of understanding how to build fighters. Yeah. I ain't saying stars, but just fighters, you know, very good fighters. They they know what they're doing. Bruce and and Brad, they they're they're top of the food chain at what they do. It's like they know what it looks like. And I say that all the time. If you're a young fighter, maybe right out the Olympics, something like that, there's arguably no better place for you. Now, if it's your second or third contract, then we can then we could talk. Like, you know, if if you want to be a star after that, it then, you know. Other people have gone their separate ways and become bigger stars. I think the the stats show that, right? Yeah, they like, they do a very good job. It's, one thing about me, I'm never a hater. Yeah, it's like they do a very good job with that because they understand. Like, but but what you just said when it comes to the next steps of like, uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, got it. You uh-uh. got to show these. No, nah, like, you don't know nothing about that over here, bro. It's like <laughs> that's what's gonna say about Anthony Joshua because yeah, the matchmaking was bad, and you know the first person who told me that Anthony Joshua was gonna lose, and you you should know the answer to this. Damian Lillard. A thousand percent. <laughs> thousand percent. <laughs> Damian Lillard DM'd me, and he was like, I just told Leonard that Andy Reid's going to beat Anthony Joshua. <laughs> we talk all the time and, and, and give props to, to Dave. He's my guy. Game. He knows the game. We talk boxing probably every other day. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, he understands what it looks like. And it's like, yo, it's like, I was shocked that they put him in there. It's like, yo, I, I like, I gave that plug to quite a few people I know that Want a bunch of money. Yeah. And it was just like, y'all was like, that's a no-brainer. Like, short notice, Andy Ruiz, who's in the gym. Right. Yeah. In the gym? Ready. Ready? That was a focused, Andy. Come on. It's a different level. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on the other side of that, like, that's the matchmaking problem. But you look at Anthony Joshua. Like, you look at Anthony Joshua. He was like, y'all leaving money on the table. 
Cause this that dude should be a megastar. In this yeah, stage. he's a heavyweight yeah. fan. Yeah, like, he's yeah, a heavyweight. Bro. There's, there's good like, money. No disrespect. They're good money. Yeah, and y'all make good money yeah. in the weight y'all are. Floyd did amazing things yeah. at the way he is. Heavyweight money and that guy different. Fan, they give heavyweight money <laughs> to to people who are just yeah. you know like that's a different bracket. Man. You don't got to work as hard as you yeah. do like down there. Heavyweight money is a whole well, different well, level. Of money. You get top- that type of heavyweight. Bro. And to and to Floyd's credit, and he always, you know, felt great about that. We put the heavyweights out of business when, when you know what I mean? And it was solely because we understood what it what it took to like to do that. But it's like he is a guy definitely to you, to answer your question. It's like, yeah, if 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 Joshua would have been working with us over here, Heyman, Floyd, and Ellaby. Yeah, I mean, this look, look, Wilder's chilling yeah, right now yeah, on his yeah. pockets. Yeah, he would. He and he's still he's still a good fighter, and I got a lot of respect for him. He's a very nice but guy, and, bro. Like, like, listen, listen. <laughs> when, when he came to New York, and I've told the story before. When he came to New York, there's an event called Henny Palooza, right? Yeah, <laughs> you've heard of Henny Palooza. My brothers put on Henny Palooza. It Kaz and Rory, yeah. and, I, and I, I told when I was working with the Zone, I said. <laughs> What is Anthony Joshua doing tonight? We should bring him by Henny Palooza. Pusha T's there and a bunch of other people. We'll get him on stage. He ain't got to be in that because I mentioned Floyd. I was like, Floyd was never in that. He knew how to show up and leave. I was like, Anthony Joshua's fighting at the Garden. He needs to show up to Henny Palooza. And they was like, we don't see the value in that. <laughs> see, again, it's that when you have your pulse to the culture, you understand it's like, and that's understandable. It's like, I'm, I'm not knocking this promoter per se, but it's like, Bro, you don't know nothing about like this stuff over here. Right. That stuff over there, it works because it's like turnkey. Yeah, you yeah. don't you yeah. gonna sell what you yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. turnkey, and everybody's going da da da. But here, you got to get the people like and know what you're doing. Know what you're doing. So you've gone the other way on this before. You took Tank to fight in the UK. You took him away from here because yep. again, you got your finger on the pulse here, and the culture here is different. But y'all took him to the UK before. A, a lot of people, and it's weird, a lot of people sometimes don't see the value of taking an American fighter there or a European fighter here. What makes you guys always want to push that global star status? Even Floyd and where he is now in his retirement career. <laughs> I, I don't know what to call it, a career, retirement, his exhibition career, whatever. It's a global tour. He takes the show on the road what's always been the importance for you to create in that global star? Because a lot of people get comfortable creating their star in their little market and just making money there. I, again, no disrespect to anyone, but Terrence Crawford's a oh huge star Oh, my God, you just, took, you just took the words. You, you just took the words right out of my mouth, And Terrence is, like, a lot of respect, you know, the whole Amazing. nine. But, again, it's like, boy, you hit it right on the head. And I, I got the answer for you. The exact reason we had the vision for that is the exact reason why Tank Davis is fighting in the fight this Saturday night, and there's over 200 countries we're distributing this fight to. I repeat, over 200 countries we're distributing this fight to. That's a whole nother pot of money. Mm. A whole nother pot of money. You know what I'm saying? And because we slowly but surely, we made the move to take him to, over to the UK. They're the best fans. I hate to say, I'm it's telling true. the truth. It's true. From yeah, the support standpoint, yeah. they're the best. Ain't no hating. I give them the credit. You know, I've been down through the situation with Ricky Haddon, and it's like done the whole 
like evaluation and you know because it, this ain't something you can just pick up overnight it's like like we do this for real like yeah. we do this for real and so taking him over there we knew there was like it was it was a big base of fans over there and kind of just kind of teased it a little bit we went over there and we had i think it was over 10,000 people standing room only and we came there and it was like we our 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 team consisted of we probably had like 10 people and it was us against the whole <laughs> everybody and it was like we came in there they was throwing bottles when we doing the walk the ring walk throwing bottles throwing beer you know the whole nine and it was like when we left out of there tank knew the right things to say and everybody gave us a standing ovation you know go in there and you earn that respect yeah you earn the respect and we left out of there and it was like okay so now when you know if he decides he wants to go back it's like he has a base of fans already they they know what he's going to give them they know what he's going to give them he tank davis is the most exciting fighter in all of boxing right now and so that's what it's all about understanding like the timing and where to take like and and it's no different we didn't just take tank to atlanta and we took him out west yeah, uh, LA. L- LA to uh to uh subhub. Yep. Yep. And it was like unheard of. It's like, yo, when we was up fighting an ordinary guy who was a replacement. And everybody started, oh, they're gonna give no bro, they they come to them the, the the Mexicans, the Hispanics, they come to support tank because guess what? They're his fans. I saw a Mexican reporter today. Boo the shit out of Ryan Garcia. He's like, he's Mexican. He don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Tank, we behind you. Yo, they, really? He was they love, <laughs> like, one of the things I've been talking about in this promotion, like, the the support of just the, the those fans alone. It's like, they're going to be surprised at how many fans, like, that Tank has. They're like, they love his fighting style. Yeah. He don't come around. He don't play with it. And that's the, you know, they gravitate to that. Oh, yeah. They love like the wars and get people getting knocked out. And the, that's what Tank do. And so he has a lot of that support. And there will be a lot of fans when Ryan walks through that tunnel this Saturday night will be booing the hell out of him <laughs> because of that. You know, and it's like, we know what it takes. And it's a process to this and understanding, you know, the timing and, so people can say whatever they want to. Oh, you didn't fight this guy. This guy like fight who? Who? <laughs> you you never lie to me. So I'll ask you a question, mm-hmm. and you usually answer everything. We've been talking about is this the biggest fight? When we look up, this is gonna be the biggest fight of the year. I think a lot of people believe so. My question was to Dre, and he laughed at me. Kinda. It's like so if Errol Spence. And Terrence Crawford signed their deal tomorrow. That's not a bigger fight than this. And Dre laughed at me. He said, "No way, there." With all due and respect, that's for with- every title at welterweight, <laughs> like it's, it's like no. Nah, like- well, with with all due respect, everybody know Earl Spence is my guy. It has nothing to do yeah, with him. Hundred percent has nothing to do with him. It's that when you put two black fighters together, people just think because they're diehard boxing fans, they automatically think that that's it. It it from a commercial standpoint that just it don't work like that. You got to understand who are the paying customers. Yeah. Okay, and when you look at the markets, you know, and and the data will show you that. And we have the advantage cuz we have access to the data. We've done the biggest thing. So, I can tell you what who bought what in 2013 and where it's been from 2013 to 2020. I know. I have the information. Other promoters can't tell you that because guess what? 
They ain't had no pay per view fights. <laughs> they had, yeah, no, they had, had no pay per view fights. Yep. 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 <laughs> so, how are you going to have access to the information? They don't. That's interesting you say that because you, you look at two fighters like that and you talk about timing and when stuff is right. Is there ever been a time you've seen something where you're like, mm, they didn't strike when the iron was hot? A lot of people said about Floyd and Manny, there's $500 million that says nope. differently. No, no, it's not, it's not true. Not, not true. And, and kind of varying from what you're talking about, but I'm talking about the Manny Floyd thing. It just came down to this, you know, you go to LA, you try to make a deal. And the question comes up, you agree to, you know, most of the points. And then it's like the drug testing. Yep. So, and it's like, Okay, Floyd demanded that we were going, because that's we've done. It wasn't just with Manny. We've done it with all of his opponents. And it's like, we want a cutoff. A who? A cutoff? For what? No, bro, we like going all the way through. If it's the day of, the day before, like we ain't, ain't going to back this thing up. No, whatever, 21, 30, 14, we not doing none of that. What do you need a cutoff for? And I'm not throwing no no accusations or allegations out there, but that's the reason why that fight went. So I don't give a damn what people think and say. Those are what the facts are. That fight didn't get made then because of the drug testing. And it wasn't because of Floyd Mayweather said, oh, he wanted to cut off. Floyd's the one that demanded that we were going to do drug testing. He Everything that... Man, he was going to do, Floyd had to do. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to make him do it. and we, Everything, and that's how, it, that's how it was. That's why that fight didn't get made. As we say, oh, five years too late. No, bull crap. That wasn't, it was because, and there's no amount of money that we were going to risk Floyd's health, yeah. you know, his livelihood, you know, to go and do a fight just because everybody wanted to do it. It's like, no, it's like, we'll do it whenever they want to get it all right and, and when it, when the time was right, when they agreed to what we were talking about, then it got done, and it was the biggest fight in <laughs> boxing. You, yeah, you, you know what I mean. That's what it came down to. Let, let me ask you this: um, I want to talk about discipline, and when it comes to tank, because a lot of fighters talk about discipline, and you know we've seen potential superstars like Adrian Broner, for instance. Tank, I was just talking to Kel about this early on the show. Tank and Calvin Ford have made it. Because they shouldn't even be here. And I speak about Calvin specifically because, as I mentioned, Calvin Cuddy from The Wire was modeled off of Calvin Ford. And Cuddy shouldn't be here. Calvin shouldn't be here. Javante, what he was surrounded by, shouldn't be here. But he's here. People have talked about some of the things that have happened outside of the ring. But I look at it as, I mean, that's a blip compared to the people that have died around Tank, that have died around Calvin. You've watched this young man get to this position. Were you ever concerned? Did, did you ever see his eye kind of a little get off the ball just a little bit and you had to step in and say, all right, there's a lot on the line here. You've made it this far not just to make it this far. You have the potential to be great. Did you have to ever have to real tank in just a little bit? Or do you think he was always focused on where, where to be? No, and, and I'm not going to sit here and lie and, and say anything any differently. Like, because, it's, it, you know, when you're young, you're going to make mistakes along the way. It's just... When you take a young fighter from the background that we come from and 
He's from making, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. He stopped making millions of dollars. You know, you're gonna make some mistakes. You know, you know, and it's and it's it's been documented. He's misweighed a couple times, and but the the key to that, he he's overcome that, and he took accountability for that. You know, and he understood that. Hey, as a young man, like I made I made a mistake here, and I'm gonna be accountable for it, and I'm not gonna do that again. You know, and and he and that's the whole maturation. You know, and that's why I give him all the credit for that. And and Calvin was Calvin has played a instru, uh, instrumental part yeah. in and the stuff outside of the ring because that's his. You know, he groomed him. He's like everything to him. And but he, you know, he's made you know a couple mistakes along the way but fortunately for him the mistakes that he's made hasn't been impactful enough to derail his career you know it's like okay you pull him to the side and say hey got to do this and can't do that and you got to take this approach and see so he's getting this advice from the people who've done this at the highest level right. who understands that like yo you can't if this happens this going to affect this and I'm telling you that this is like, because Lord knows, like, you, you know, I, de- I have dealt with everything, yeah. everything. Like, you know, I didn't have a life. I didn't have a life. You know, I just started really recently having a life. You know, that's why I was like, you know, <laughs> feeling yeah. good and, you know, the whole nine. But uh, it's, it's different, you know, with this younger generation. And, and to Tank's credit, you know, he's, he's still only 28, but he's, He's def- like you look at the last three years. It's like he's made tremendous strides with just becoming a young man, and you know he has two kids now. And like me personally, I'm very very proud of him. He's a very good father, you know, and 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 he's doing a lot in his community and trying to set a positive example, getting back to the community. The whole nine, he wants to lead this whole younger generation. But it it takes like you you make a mistake or two, and you learn from that. You know, you know, it doesn't just like because some kids they make a mistake and they never can overcome it. They're not yeah. accountable for that. They're mistake. Not, and they're not accountable, and they continue to make the same mistakes over and over. And you don't have mature people who, because a lot of times you, people be in situation and people just it just be about you know people getting checks and like they like they don't really care. But like no, we're we've been invested in like. Like, I care about him. Like, you know what I mean? I mess with him. Like, I, I don't want to be doing a lot of cursing, but I, I like, for real, for real. Like, yeah. yo, it's like we come from the same background. So I understand that, no, I never was in no foster home and all that, but we come from the same background, like the same background. So I know the kind of things that he's been through. Calvin knows the things that he's been through, and he's got good people around him that, yo, it's like they pull him to the side and say, Hey, you can't do that, and you know, and he's he's grown from that, and I'm very personally very very proud of him for like making the adjustments when he needed to make the adjustments, and you look at him now, like for you, because we're listen, I'm about to be 35, but got grown ass kids. Uh, we're we're still, I count myself in this from a different generation. Stuff has changed so much as an advisor, as a promoter as someone who cares about young fighters, does it worry you? Does it scare you when you look at the world and how it is today? Everyone makes mistakes. Like you said, when you're young, everybody makes mistakes. 
Social media magnifies these things. <laughs> what Floyd had to go through when he was young is a whole different ball game for what Tank has to go through, which would be a whole different ball game from what your future fighters have to go through in 10 years. Looking at and trying to look at these stars, these kids where you see potential, you know where they come from, you want them to be great. You're helping them be great. But to see that every mistake is magnified times 10. Everything's on video. Everyone got a camera. Everyone got eight sides of a story now. It doesn't matter what the truth is. The, whatever's first report is, is on TMZ. Everything, it's a whole different world. When you look at that, is that something in your job? You said you had no off days. And a lot of that was before social media. Like Now you're like, yo, I'm trying to get a life, but there's so much more. You can wake up in the morning, you check your phone. She got 600 yeah. <laughs> alerts on your phone. And you're like, oh my God. It, how does that make you feel knowing like, yo, the world is changing and operating for your fighters within that? You have to stay, as I say, even with being a, a OG, is that you got to stay tapped into what this younger generation is doing. Like, like, see, I'm in tune. See, again, I have the advantage over these all these other promoters. I have the advantage. <laughs> it's like, I can go to a club. I don't do it, but I can go to a club. It's like the, we go to a club this weekend. You want to go to a club? You, you know, it's like <laughs> like I know these rappers. Yep. You, you you know what I mean? It's it's like so we can do things and understand like what what if you do this and and this is going to be the, the recourse behind this. It's like so to your point when when it comes to the whole social media aspect of it, it's a blessing and it also is a curse. So you have to be able to know how to navigate your way through this generation where we're at today, like, and understand to how to use social media as a marketing tool and as opposed to, you know, like a, a lifestyle or, or whatever. It's like, so, and there's a big difference. There's, there's a, a big, big difference in knowing how to play the game, knowing how to play the game. Uh, I want to ask you about fighter pay. These kids make a lot of money. <laughs> early. They make a lot of money early. There's another promotion of the UFC. They don't make a lot of money. <laughs> and I, I'm not telling you to, to advise them on how they run their business, but as a promoter, when you look at, because like Dana White talks about getting the boxing all the time, when you hear that, you know this is a different world. Can that can somebody like Dana White operate in this world, doing handling business the way that he handles it, or do you think that it he could find a way into it? If he, but he'd have to be under somebody like a real boxing promoter. I don't know if that that UFC model could ever work in boxing. Well, yeah, the UFC model couldn't work in because it's one one person. They're under one umbrella. You know what I mean? And it's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's like good business. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great business for what they do. And and you know, for the record, I don't have a problem with with what they do because again, it's like we're in two separate lanes. And we are able to coexist because they have their fan base and we have our, our fan base. But to your point, like you can't, that model can't come into boxing. I've heard some of the comments. And, you know, he's a personal friend. So it's like, but that wouldn't work in boxing because for obvious reasons. It just yeah. it just wouldn't work. And if if they if he or whomever came up with another, you know, plan or whatever. I don't know what the future holds or whatever, but I I know how boxing works. You you know what I mean? And and how the fighters are because Floyd has educated the fighters 
on that they deserve the lion's share of the Yeah. You know, and and that was something that again, like when we talk about transcending something, like you gotta give Floyd credit. The reason why these fighters today make what they make and and it's because of him, because it's like he's the first one that like, yo, it's like we understood what the business is and like, yo, it's like and that was the key coming into boxing. It was the key for us because the fighters weren't like educated on where the where the, the money was at. Yeah. And it was like that was one of the and this is gonna be my book. It's like Oh, you got a book? I've been working on the book. Oh, been working oh, on the book. Oh. And it and it's you know, it's probably about two years out. Okay. But but it's like it's it's like, yo, I sat up on the oh boy, your people. And uh <laughs> and, and I absorbed the information. I was like, okay, this is how this is done. Nah, like, yo, bro, like, we we not getting ready to do it like that because we know like where these fighters are at and like and the fighters really didn't have the information. Yeah. You you know what I mean? And and it's unfortunate that they didn't have the information. They would come and they fight in these big events and they get a big check and they, oh, they go off on their own way. And But that big check was a small percentage of yeah, a bigger check. Because there's other stuff that's out there right. that they're not even aware of at that level, though. Not with the just you know, the yeah. young and upper, but an elite guy who's, you know, who's a pay for a pay-per-view guy, you know, there's several different situations going on. And when we figured that out, he was like, and then I was like, so I went to Florida. I was like, so the competition, this is, this is the competition, this guy and this guy. And both of them in their sixties. Hey, bro, nah, bro, we got this. <laughs> we got this. You know, we, we got this because it's all about having the information and understanding like what to do with the information. You mentioned Dana, you know, friendship there and everything. It's funny because y'all have the information, but you, Floyd, y'all share the information because you did that whole fight with Conor McGregor, whole promo tour. He ain't never takes short in money since. Conor, Pe- yeah. You look at Conor and everyone's like, well, he did a whole thing with Floyd. His UFC contracts are a lot different after Floyd <laughs> than they were before Floyd. Every deal, the the... The proper whiskey, the everything, multiple sources of income outside of this. His whiskey brand is on the mat of the UFC now, whether he fights or not. There's a lot of things he did differently after that. And I think he's spoken on, he learned a lot from the promotion of that fight, being around and seeing how you guys handle business. But you guys don't keep that to yourselves. You seem very open with sharing that. Isn't it's no secret that like took the blueprint. Like oh, that's yeah. how he, he was able to make the noise that he made. Like you look at the whole build up to not our fight with him, but just like what he was doing. It was like, we was watching from afar and Floyd peeped it. And he's like, yo, he just took, took the whole thing. And like, he making it like, and it's like, it's like, so I was like, I like that. Like, I like him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like to this day, like that's my guy. Like, I fuck with Conor McGregor. Like, I hate to be doing a lot of cursing, but, like, that's my guy. Like, yeah. we, like, we're, we're really cool because, again, it's like, he understood what it was. It's like, you made the connection, and it was like, yo, like, 
to this day, it's like, and see what it did. Like, he got that opportunity, and it was just too much money to, like, turn it down. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> we see where it was. It's like, from the revenue side, like, where, where it landed. Like, and look what he was able, just like you said, look what he was able to do, parlay this into that. And it's like, give a lot of credit to his manager, Artie. And it's like, they did that. They did that. And it's like, that man ain't never got to work another day in his life. You know, he set generational well. It's like, and that's what it's all about. Like, he, but he understood. Like, he took the risk of just like, he didn't care about what people think. He jumped up in there with Floyd because it was like, he's big in this world and Floyd's big in this world. And you bring those two worlds together. Think about this. Floyd was 50 and old. Fighting a guy that never had a fight before. <laughs> I don't know how uh, this a professional is fight. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. I don't know how this but is the, but yeah. yeah but, bro, you know how. <laughs> yeah, we know how. Yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, look at, like, the record-breaking revenue that we generated. We generated more money in that event than the Super Bowl. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Guy never had a professional boxing. Match. It's ridiculous. But he was that guy. He was that guy. He had the base, and then, you know, everything was about the timing. You know, let's call it what it is. You know, you got a, you got a, a, a black guy fighting an Irish guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's call it what it is. It's like the timing of that, with you know, with the racial tension in the world at that particular time yep. still is. But at that particular time, it was at the height of, you know, so. This set of people was going to support this guy, even though they didn't really know much about it. It's like, because, bro, you had people out there that, like, they were saying, that like, yo, and the betting house. That was ridiculous. <laughs> he was going to be Floyd. Man, like, Conor, McGregor, <laughs> Conor McGregor closed at, like, a plus 320. Andre Berto was, like, a plus 700. <laughs> Man, I was a former champion. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like credit to, like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, Mac was that he still is that dude in, in a lot of respect, but there isn't no Conor McGregor's out there in in that combat sport situation. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like they generate and again, I got a lot of respect for what they do over there. So again, I never I don't have a problem with what they do. I mean, because it don't involve me. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I was like managing this person or that person, it might be a little different <laughs> mindset. But again, it's like I have a relationship with Dana. Got mutual respect for one another. Um, they do what they do. I don't really pay attention to how, like, I know, like, it's different from the boxing brand Very. and situation. And but it is kind of I, my focus on the things that I got to. So another enjoy. Conor McGregor pops up. Uh, Tank might might be open to having that crossover fight in the future. Why not? Okay. That would be Tank's decision, but why not? Tank for Sean O'Malley. Let's book this fight. Come on, Sean. If if it makes dollars, it makes sense. But you got to understand it's like at the end of the day, it's like understanding like what that marketplace looks like, giving the fans what they want. And it it changes. Like it it, it changes. So you got to keep your pulse to the streets and to the culture and and just stay in tune, you, you know, it's, it's like with everything, you know. Again, I have relationships with 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 artists that are, you know, I'm 30 years older than, you know what I mean? But these, these are things that 
the kids can relate to. And it's like, so you got to change with the time. You got to keep your finger on the post. You got to keep your finger on the post. Let me ask you this, because when y'all fought Oscar, it was a big bag of money. And you think, wow, we knew we were going get to get here, but you guys made so much more money since that, since that fight. You've made millionaires out of so many people. It's like when Jay-Z said in the song, like, Beans made him a millionaire. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he, y'all made everybody millionaires. But when you got to the Manny fight, and you knew how big it was going to be, did you ever think, I mean, even before Conor was really on the scene, like, y'all, y'all busted every, every record up. And then you looked at it and was like, well, this, this probably is the most money we'll ever get. And then this Conor fight comes along. And you go, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where before all this happened, was there a cap on where you thought you guys might make it financially, and how far have you exceeded that since then? Even now with these exhibition bouts, where Floyd is making more money than a majority of fighters fighting for world titles, he, he's making more money than all the fighters with the exception of Canelo and Joshua with the Saudi Arabia situation yeah, and well, all yeah, that. Yeah, but all, the, all the, every fighter in boxing, every fighter in boxing, outside of that. Stuff like with Josh, you gotta give him props and respect for that stuff. But he make like all those little exhibitions. Say, oh, why Floyd's a Floyd's getting eight figures? Can we dispel the rumor? Like people, <laughs> you see, I mean, you see it all the time. There's like Floyd is fighting because he's broke. Oh come on! How do we get? How do we get <laughs> just, to this conversation where people is like Floyd just made 150 million off this fight? He's got to fight. Who turns down another? 70, 60, 50 million dollars yeah. to fight Bro, Desi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at the at the end of the day, it's just it's just social media. Again, it's just that these fans are just they're they're ruthless. They like, you know, Floyd Mayweather's been set for I don't know how many years, on top of years, on top of years. It's like till this day, Floyd Mayweather gets a seven figure check every month for the rest of his life. Yeah. Every month. That's crazy. Okay, for the rest of his life, because of as you hear him say it, because of the investments and that it's all factual. It's all factual. That has nothing to do with everything else. He's, you know, his whole portfolio portfolio of everything that he owns, you know, and what he's done. Everything is paid for, and you, you know, so it's just like Floyd Mayweather is living the best life ever. So those, but one thing about him, he's smart. He's a hustler. So it's like you you just say it's like. Yo, he's he's finding this situation over here. Okay, it's an eight-figure situation for some sparring, <laughs> for some sparring, wow. and there's no risk that's involved. And it's like we ain't talking about fighters. No, no. we talking about like Desi. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like say what you want to. It's like he's smart. I mean, yeah. who who turned it down? That nobody. Money? It's like, and and we're not we're not talking about like you're asking him to go. And play in a football game or right. go play, go, go, you know, um, be a hockey player or something. This is what he's been doing ever since he's a little kid. When you look at Floyd and, and we talked about Manny, we talked about Connor. Now looking at Tank, do you feel a, a lot of this is Tank's a huge star. Now we're talking, you know, eight figure fights, all this good stuff. But do you feel like the dance partners are there to, to get them to the levels that Floyd had reached? to get him to, like Floyd had the De La Hoya's huge payday. Manny, huge payday. Conor ended up being a huge pay. A lot of that is because he was already a star, but the dance partner pushed it over the top to the 
275s and numbers crazy. We've never seen those numbers. 300 mil, whatever. Does this tank have the dance partners good enough to, to get them to the hundred millions, the one fifties, all that stuff right now, as you, you look across the landscape in the next three, five years, do you see him having those, those people that can have him in position to have those mega fights like Floyd did? Sure. But it's, it takes time. And see, that's what the people don't understand. It's like, can you, can you, there will, in my opinion, there will never be a situation like that because piracy is taken, like, yeah. you know, so it's different. It's, it's different, but who, like, okay, you didn't make a billion dollars like Floyd, but if you made 400 million, is that a bad thing? No, I'm not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you sleeping well. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? So, but it's, it's like the levels of where we at right now is different and that's why I always say the, some of these fights aren't ready yet and it has nothing to do with the level of of, of where or, or no the talent level of these fighters it's just that there's more work to be done in their situation we need more Leonard Ellaby's on the other side <laughs> yeah you, you know what I mean it's like yeah. they gotta figure it out like okay how do you, uh, how do how do I turn this into this, you know, because you got to think outside big picture, like, because boxing is what it is. It's like, and and all these guys, again, I'm going to give Haney and Bill a lot of credit. They getting real money yeah, and been getting it for a while. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? More so than all the other peers with the exception of, of Tank. Yeah. But it's like they doing it. But it's it's like there's more work to be done. There's, there's more work to be done to create the interest of people outside of, of this. You, you, you know what I mean? And it's like, so they got to figure out, and I'm not just using them as an example. The other guys have, have to become more of what we could say a viable situation where it's like, all right, yo, it's like you got to bring something. That's why, they, like, and some of the fans get mad at me when I say, Oh, Tank and Ryan are the two biggest names in that division. It's a fact. I mean, kind yeah. of is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's a fact. They're top five in popularity yeah, it's, in this sport. Yeah. And they're not but in, five. But, but, in, <laughs> but in that division, yeah. like, those are the two biggest names. Yeah. And the business will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And, and And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just saying, it's like, the fighters, I've had so many old fighters from back in the day, the ones that, like, you know, it's like they fought, gave their lives, and they don't have nothing to show for it, bro. Mm. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's about getting paid. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like, because yeah. you have all the belts in the world, but can you take that to the Bank of America or the Chase Bank and say, no. you know what, I want to buy this house, and, bro, this is not, it's not you, know, you know what I mean? And on trade. But, but you can take that fight check. Oh, yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And to but to to further your question, it's like I think there are but and I think there's gonna be some dark horses. I think that like when it all, you know, shakes up and like I think it's gonna be a dark horse or two to come out of that you, that ain't even on the radar per se, like right now, because it's like we even look at Roly, for an example. Look at yeah. Roly. Everybody say, Oh, this guy, this and that. No, but like Roly, like he has a personality. He is interesting. And how, how many fighters have a personality per se that that creates interest outside of 
this group of people right here. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like people like Roly talked that talk and it was like people wanted to see him get knocked out. Yeah. That's what it came out. But they tune in. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean? It's like, so it's like you have to, all those kind of things are what, are what make up the sport. Everybody can't be, you know, have the IQ and the skill set of a Shakur or the Devin. And, you know, it's, it takes more than that. And Floyd figured it out. We figured it out as a team because there was once Pretty Boy. And it's like, yeah. That pretty boy, he was a cold MF. Was he? he was a cold dude. But then it was like, okay, well, what is this going to do? And it's like, <laughs> then you have a ceiling on what you can do. Yeah. But you switch that thing up to Money May, and what you get? Look. You, you get an unlimited ceiling that it's like the sky's the limit. But, you know, you can go into these situations. Still going. Still, yeah. and still, and still, still going. Still going. And, and, and. And when it comes to Tank, it's different. Tank don't have the personality of a of a Floyd or whatever. He don't need that. He don't need that because Tank got this. Yeah, yeah. he got this, and this is what right now what people want to see because it's like we we rewind. It's like back in you know our day. It's like there was a guy named Mike Tyson. Yep. Yeah, that they came out to see. Bruh. Like and it was because it was like he was that guy that was like, like you get in there, you better not go get no popcorn or no soda, <laughs> you know, because the fight might be over. Yeah, and you know to kind of sum that part up, don't get up this weekend, because <laughs> this thing could be over in one, two, whatever. It could yeah. be over that early. I think nobody knows. Um, my last question for you because. I talk about this. There's two things. One, I say everything is pro wrestling. Everything. Everything. To a certain degree. And Floyd did pro wrestling. He did very oh, well. Oh, by the that. way. <laughs> well, I, I wonder who did that. <laughs> like, everything is pro wrestling. But I've always said that there is no country for a black fighter. Like, Mexican fighters have Mexico. Irish fighters have Ireland. The UK. But black fighters don't really have a country that supports them. They've always looked for the great white hype. And, you know, and Tommy Morrison was such a big thing at one point, right? But Floyd was able to, you kind of talked about this, the, the pivot from Pretty Boy to Money May and how he figured out, these motherfuckers need to pay to see me lose. And it ain't never going to happen. So you're going to keep coming back and coughing <laughs> up your cash. Now, you said that Javante doesn't need to do that, right? He doesn't need to necessarily do that because he does have dynamite in his hands and it's undeniable. But what are the challenges and how can we break through with marketing black fighters in America? Because there is no... Just a home. Everybody's gonna go see Canelo because they love him. Mexico loves him, and he's always gonna have that base. But other than Javante, we mentioned Shakura, Devin, Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence. They don't just have people that are just gonna come out and pay their money in droves just to see him. But Tank has that. Why? Why is it so difficult in this country to market a black fighter? Um, because where we are as a society, and just call it what it is, it's like, and and. And I got to give myself a little credit. They don't have Leonard Ellaby on their team and the Al Heyman and the Floyd Mayweather on their team. You, you, know, you know what I mean? I, I'm just being honest. So Tank is blessed with that right there. It's like he has the best team in boxing. So it's like there's, there's other challenges, like you said, Dre. Other challenges like, okay, what are the next steps? And, and again, we don't have to. We don't have to make six hundred million in a fight, you know right. what I mean? Because the times are a little different. But if you, 
generate two hundred million in a fight is that a bad thing? <laughs> nah, man, I'm sleeping well. <laughs> yeah, you you know what I mean. So it's like there are a lot of challenges, but again, you, it's thinking outside the box. And I know you're a big wrestling yeah. fan. It's like <clears throat> that was big to me. It was like I figured that out. I mean, you, you know what I mean. It was like yo, it's like built some relationships, and then it's like next thing I know. It's like you you sitting in the room with the boss. And then it's like, yo, and it's like we got a big check for just even going into that situation. And then it's like, Vince, we got the plane and we doing marketing in this city on the big black plane. Yep. You know, and it's like we ain't nobody done that. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, yo, but we understood, you know, like, okay, what that meant. It's like went with dancing. I put him on dancing and it was like I wanted to get the middle-aged white women, you know. Y'all we sure last, did. yeah, was, <laughs> lasted eight weeks standing in and standing in that media row every week on a Thursday, um, being exposed to all these entities that we never had access to in boxing. Yeah, we mastered that. Like yo, eight weeks. It's like access Hollywood, you know, all these different entities, and it's like you look up and Floyd's here, and it's like there, and it's like yo, okay. Now we 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 do that. And what next we gotta do? These kids. Some phone calls. Yo, it's like, we're gonna do something. We're gonna do something with the WWE. Had that built a relationship with Vince. Next thing we know, we're in WrestleMania on the big stage. On the big stage with big show. Yes. You, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, yo, and it's like to this day, it's like, like, that's my legacy. Like, yo, it's like. I was just watching that just recently. It's like, yo, it's like I was the manager. Yep. You, you know, and it's yeah. like, but it's entertainment and it's like thinking outside of the box. And, but it takes having smart people around you to understand like and build relationships. And never, it was never easy. It was never easy because, you know, we had to like take a backseat to a lot of stuff. But once we got on top and see a lot of pro- people have problem with now, it's like, like, Look who's done the biggest stuff. Well, you got three black guys. Three black guys. At the end of the day, who's running this? Running it. You, you, you know what I mean? It's like a lot of people don't like that, but oh, well. Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> My last question is because, again, it was you, Floyd. There's Al Heyman. There's all a lot went into building Floyd's career, making him – past the Hall of Famer, making him a global superstar and everything. Forbes. Yeah, like, it's insane. He's like the most hated athlete ever or something. Forbes. Yeah. Forbes. Yeah. Yo, and, and not cutting you off, but I got to say this part. The co- one of the coolest things ever was getting phone calls from, like, when I say top, top players in, in different sports, it's like, yo, you, such and such trying to get a hold of you. Oh, what? Yo, bro, I like, how the fuck did Floyd just make a hundred million? Da da da. It's like, bro, I gotta play, do this like these many years. Like, yo, like, teach me the game. Like, I'm like, yo, like, yo, this is what it is. It's like, one night you gotta go to like, yeah, I understand they got a cap and this and that, but are you just like every, all the rest of the players? Aren't you the one? The reason why they come in every venue every night and and he packed these situations. I'm just using that as a, an example. It's like, yo, so your situation, like, so you got to have a different kind of conversation, you know? 
and you are evaluated differently from everybody else, whether they like it or not. You putting them behinds in the seats, and you the one, when it comes to luxury taxes and all that stuff, it's like, I understand and know what it's like. It's like, okay, you got to have a different conversation. But that's what it comes down to. It's like, yo, it's like, we figured it out, yo. And it's like, and it's going to be no different with Tank. It's like, I told people from day one, I'll say, sure, how long I've been telling people, I said, Tank Davis is going to be the biggest star in boxing, in the entire sport, one of these days. And it ain't going to be long. And where are we at? You called yep. it. Where are we at? <laughs> you damn near one Canelo and, and lost listen, away. <laughs> listen, listen. And the fans and the media say, still to this day, he ain't never fought nobody. Okay. Y'all say whatever you want to. <laughs> still cashing these checks. Man, ain't going to keep doing Because last I checked, the, the, the titles have changed and, and da, da, da. All that, it'll, it'll, it'll come together. Yeah. It'll come together because... Uh, for the record, all these guys are going to fight. Tank ain't going nowhere. Nope. This guy ain't going nowhere. This guy, it, it might not have right now, but these guys are going to mix it up. I tell you. That was going where I was going. So Tank, following along with that. But y'all have an eye for talent. And it doesn't stop at Tank. A lot of people have come through that Mayweather gym, whether people know it or not. Like Devin Haney's from the Bay. He's in Vegas for a reason. <laughs> People, people don't know how Floyd helps out these young kids or spots them and, and why kids come to train in Vegas and how, you know, a tank goes from Baltimore to Vegas or or Roley and what gym he was in. Or, like, a lot of these names people see, they they don't really know. We, we know of Adrian Broner now, but and Broner was a great fighter, but Broner was in gyms, was in the Mayweather gym before he was a star. We heard rumblings of Errol Spence. Oh, I heard a lot Sparring in that Mayweather gym. You told me about Errol. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so, people work. So, yeah. it, like that gym, a lot of talent has come through that gym, and it continues to come through. Uh, you guys have a young fighter, Kamel, who is, I think, ranked number one amateurs now in in the U.S. Not in his weight class, ranked number one amateur in the U.S. Kids like fifteen, he's going to be a problem. Y'all always spot this talent from all around. You said you keep your finger on the pulse of the culture and everything else. How do you keep your finger on the pulse of the amateur boxing wave of these young kids and the talent and you and Floyd help develop their careers from young? Well, again, you know, being blessed to, you know, being in a situation where, you know, like you've been successful and people understand what the brand looks like and people, you know, want to follow the footsteps of what success looks like. And, and as you mentioned, Kermel, um, he's he's a young young man that Floyd identified when he was like a kid, like a like a young kid. And it was like, you know, Roger hitting the mitts with him. And it's just like it started from there. And it's like Floyd built a relationship with him, you know, when he was young. And he's been loyal, you know, to looking up to Floyd. Floyd's mentored him and, and you know, and and work with him. You you know what I mean and 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 so there is there is a pathway to like sort of like how a farm system is it's yeah. like but what a lot of people don't understand is like I give like top rank credit they got a lot of super duper talent you know and but I don't need two hundred fighters it's like I've been blessed to work with two of the like top earners in the last twenty five thirty years. 
You, you, you know what I mean? It's like, and Tank ain't even touched the surface of where he's going. You know, we don't know where, the, like, the sky's the limit on where he can go with this. The sky's the limit on where he would, and we already know what Floyd has done. Yep. You, you know, so again, it's just a blessing to be in a situation to, you know, have a good group of people. I have a great team, you know, um, and, and then with Floyd being the face behind it, you know, working with Al. So, again, we understand what it takes. Again, we don't need 200 guys. And everybody's not going to be a superstar. And it's okay because all these fighters are living great lives, yep. you know, feeding their families. And that's what, it, what it's all about. You know, some people, you're in situations like where everybody can't be great, you know, but in Tank's situation, Tank Davis is special. How does this fight end this week? Knockout. <laughs> no question. Huh? No question. No, no. It, took, it took no time. No way, no way, in my opinion, no way humanly possible that Ryan Garcia is 12. Because it's, and I like him as a person and as a fighter. And it's not has nothing to do with this. It's just business at the end. It's just that the experience, the the activity level, the skills, the IQ. Tank can do it all. Tank can tank can do it all. And and we and I call myself a fan too. But I know what he can do. You know, from the IQ level, they they haven't been able to see that. Stuff. You know, I hear this stuff. They, they say, oh, this guy's the best boxer. Okay. I ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> I, y- y'all say that. Okay. We going to see. Is is there any chance, and we can get out of here after this. Is there any, I was just watching Hearns versus Hagler, and I was looking at Styles. Hagler was in your face. Hearns was rangy far from a distance. This is a very similar style-wise fight. Could, could we get one of them three rounds? Yo, I'm telling you, it's like. If Ryan lives up to what he's saying, if he talked that talk. You do. Yeah. He he talked that talk. On Saturday night, he's got to produce. You know, and I know for a fact, Tang ain't sitting back. Tang ain't, sit, Tang ain't sitting back. Tang ain't sitting back. Tang ain't sitting back. You know, because this this, this fight right here me this fight right here means everything to Tank Davis and our culture. So you can't go against the culture. Everything, <laughs> everything. I'm gonna be nervous as hell sitting there. Like, hey, like it's the thing. Boxing is one of the few sport when it does it right. There's no sport like it on the planet. I've said this for years. I've been to the Grammys. I've covered. I've been to every film festival, every musical event, every sporting event. But when a big fight happens, there's nothing like it. I'll never forget Mayweather Hatton. How that the energy felt in that arena. Man, I will, I'll never. Forget. And like the hairs were standing up, like I had yeah. goosebumps. Nauseous. It's, this feels like one of those fights that is done right. It's at the right time. It's going to be a, a generation of people that, I mean, you know, I talked to Dame the other day. He's coming. Like we're everybody's coming. To this <laughs> and then you got then the walkouts. The walkouts are the one thing. The pageantry of the walkout. It's when the hairs just stand up on the back of your neck. I can't remember the last time I felt like this for a fight. And I think we're getting that moment tonight. And you, you've been to enough of these. When's the last time you felt like this? So I, uh, ooh. 15? Manny Pacquiao. Ooh. 
I can't say McGregor because McGregor was just fun. It, yeah. it was the whole thing was just fun because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that was yeah, yeah. You man. know what I mean? Yeah, it was like people thought that Manny was going to win, and you know, people, you know, that kind of thing. So it was like it was intense. Yeah, you finally get to prove it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like we told y'all, and, and, and it's going to be no different Saturday night. It's going to be no different because that dude has been talking that talk. And he got a whole bunch of people that, yo, it's like, and they believe in him, and, and they should believe in him because right. that's their guy. But Tank is coming. He's bringing the entire culture with him, and he knows what this means. Tank ain't losing to that dude. He's not losing to him. He, like, he would, like, die in that ring. Tank Davis is not losing to Ryan Garcia. It's not going to happen, yo. It's not going to happen. I can't wait to see this fight. Let, I just want to see all these kids fight three times. Like, I, I need trilogies. And, again, that's why I love why they're fighting young. I need I need them fight now. I need to fight them at one forty. I, I need to see all of these people mix it up, not just once. We need to see them build and, and get back to those legacy fights. All make money. I, I don't want to see them fighting for peanuts and, and nothing like. Oh, let's. This is the least they're gonna make. Get y'all dough now, because guess what? The second time you fight is gonna be more and more. I was at Wilder Fury, all of them. Yeah, each one yeah. of those fights, they were great. I don't care. No one cares Wilder lost those fights. No, 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 no. No one cares. At all. <laughs> Wilder against Joshua tomorrow, everybody picking Wilder. Yeah. No one gives a damn. Right. They made more money every single fight. And guess what? They can fight again next year. People will show up for Wilder Fury again because they don't care. Good fights are good fights. The money is there. I hope all these young kids get it. And that that's what big fights and big moments do. And thank you, Leonard, for joining us today. Um, this is what big time promoters do. They give people these feelings. This is what boxing is supposed to feel like. It's going to be one hell of a weekend. Make sure you guys are in Vegas. If you are, go to the fight. Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis. If not, buy it on pay-per-view. I know we talked about the piracy thing. Spend some damn money. Yeah. It's all right. Buy the pay-per-view. Or, or, or just come to Vegas and Urban Loiter. Just hang out. Yeah, just yeah. hang out. Like, yeah. I, yeah. The energy and we have there. closed circuit, too. We have yeah. closed circuit at the MGM. Yeah. And tickets are available now because all Listen. the tickets for the fight are sold out on this. You're getting it from the from the scalpers or not scalpers. Yeah, nah. Some someone looked at like an yeah. app today and like the cheapest ticket is like nine eighty. So crazy. Hey. <laughs> so they're like the guy next to me was like, it's not going down. I was like, sir, I don't know what to tell. Yeah, you should have bought it when they went down either. Yeah, they go to go down. You you had the wrong you had I the used wrong the wrong event. term, not scalpers, ticket brokers. Yeah. Yes, hey. yes. No, nah, listen, where if you ain't get your Spend some bread. If you want to be in attendance. It won't, it won't disappoint. I tell you this much. There's a lot of different ways this fight can go. None are going to be boring. This fight is going to deliver. You're going to get your money's worth. Thank you all for tuning in today. Thank you, Leonard, again for joining us. Make sure you guys follow us on all our social media platforms as well. Going to be a great, great fight this weekend. You guys tune in. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.